1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perimenopause Power. We are so glad to have you tuning in. G'day, Nat. How are you today? Hi, Liz. I am going super. How are you? Um, I'm really great and very excited by our guest today. Our guest today is Nigel Denby, who is a registered dietitian, author of 10 successful nutrition books and a broadcaster across television and radio, both in the UK and Europe. Dietitian of the Year in two thousand and thirteen, Nigel is the author of the Denby Report, the leading and authoritative review of nutritional subjects. His special areas of clinical interest are weight management, women's health, and irritable bowel syndrome. Nigel is registered with the Health Professions Council and nutrition advisor to Women's Health Concern. And as well as his area of his specialty, he also works with patients in the dietary management of chronic and acute medical conditions including cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and a wide range of digestive and endocrine disorders. Wow, that's so impressive. Welcome, Nigel.
2: Thank you so much, Lisa. It's lovely to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. The podcast is a huge success over here in the UK, so it's an honour to be with you.
1: Well, thank you. That's lovely. And we're, we're, as I said, we're very excited to have you on. And we might launch into the first question because um, I'd love to know a little bit more. Uh, Can you share your journey uh, with us on how you became a menopause dietitian and founder of Harley Street at home? Yeah,
2: sure. I mean, the the area of menopause was a, a huge interest from both a personal and a professional Um, standpoint I I watched my mum and her four sisters really struggle with menopause back in the 1970s Um, and although I probably wasn't quite aware at the age of I don't know seven or eight what was going on I certainly knew these Mm. ladies were struggling and there was this thing that was happening to them Um, and my poor mum actually really ended up I suppose going through a breakdown essentially which was all put down to mental health and when I look back at it it was pure menopause that was happening that you know just it it sort of imploded Um, and from a professional point of view it's an area that I just love working in because I do think by the time Women reach perimenopause and menopause, they're kind of done with all the nonsense around um, diet and nutrition. Then they know the gimmicks, the fads, the quick fixes are exactly that, and are looking for something um, a little bit more realistic and evidence based, and something that's going to be more like a lifestyle. Uh, plan Well, that's just music to my ears because, um, you know, it, unfortunately, the lifestyle approach isn't quite as sexy as a lot of the gimmicks and the fads, but it's the thing that works and it's the thing that will see you through um, well into your old age. So working in menopause is just joyful okay. because I'm working with people who want to do it properly.
1: Wow, that's so, so many things come out there, struggle in the 70s with your mum and her sisters and it certainly wasn't talked about a lot and so the mental health ramifications, it's not like today where we talk about that a whole lot more and I, you know, that's really sad and how amazing that as a young child you really picked up on that and, and knew in your heart that there was something not right there and now that you're actually working in that space and Totally agree with you from a lifestyle point of view. That um, I love the bit that you say that it's not quite as sexy as all the other gimmicks out there, but it does work. And um, I think a lot of women come into this phase of life not really practicing a great lifestyle approach either, because there's that rushing women's you know busy syndrome, and um, it sort of hasn't you know held them well as they enter into this phase of life. So um, what you're I doing so. is great.
2: And I think what I think also, apart from just being busy, I think by the time women get here, if they have dipped their toe in the water of the nonsense, the gimmicks, the fads and the quick fixes, very often they're left with a real head full of confusion about what is it I should be doing? You know, I haven't eaten a carbohydrate for 20 years. Am I allowed to do that? Uh, Yeah. Is it, you know, is it something that uh, do I need to be going for 12 hours a day without eating? And, and, you know, there's a fine line between eating disorders and disordered patterns of eating. But very often women in their mid 40s and 50s who have maybe kind of struggled to keep their weight steady for a long time have quite a disordered, unhealthy relationship with food. And again, you know, the motivation for working in this phase with women is that sometimes actually the biggest joy is helping a woman just break free from that horrible relationship and realise, you know what, love, you can eat a piece of bread, you can eat a potato, and guess what, you can eat at three o'clock in the afternoon and the world Mm. won't stop. Mm.
0: So beautifully said. and you're so right in that it's it's not sexy the lifestyle health but i think it's because it's it's part of our existence and and needs to be part of our everyday living we've just never put the two and two together in supporting our healthy lifestyle to have a long healthy life and mm. um you know, it's it's very challenging. And as you said, yeah, women are really struggling with that when they get to this phase of life. Um, Yes, in one hand, they are over the BS, and they just want to feel better and get better. But then they're also, you know, embedded with so many uh, beliefs and experiences and patterns and Um, they're tricky to change. So, you know, are very grateful for the work and and the awareness that you bring. You touched on a couple of the challenges that women have in that, yes, they may have spent a lifetime on that yo-yo diet and that roller coaster of what to eat, what not to eat what are some of the common dietary challenges or changes that you see women facing during menopause and how do you see nutrition helping in managing menopause symptoms? Um, Obviously we're a huge advocate for this and particularly Lisa in her line of work, Um, but, you know, love having these conversations around uh, nutrition. Yeah.
2: Well, let's. I mean, so so let's kind of just think what is going on at um, at perimenopause and menopause. You will have talked a thousand times about falling levels of oestrogen, and what does that have in terms of an impact on um, a woman's health status? The two biggies are um, reducing. Um, bone strength as Mm. oestrogen falls, we we see a direct correlation. I mean, it's a staggering figure. So at 50, the risk of osteoporosis is about 2%. Go up to um, uh, uh, 80 and you're looking at a risk of 50%. That is quite staggering. And that's purely because of falling levels of oestrogen. So we take something else as well. Look at heart disease. The moment that estrogen levels start falling, the risk of heart disease and heart attack um, jumps up to the same levels as a man purely because the protection of estrogen has gone. So we've got to think bone friendly. We've got to think heart friendly. We also know that 50 percent, and I often think it's probably higher than this, but this is what the evidence shows us. Fifty percent of women will gain around 10 kilos over the period of their perimenopause, that six or seven year window. Well, 10 kilos is a dress size and particularly when it accumulates around the middle and the trunk and this layer of what we call visceral fat, the fat that damages Uh, health by almost encasing the internal organs is the thing that also increases the risk of the metabolic syndrome where we start seeing things like cholesterol, blood pressure, uh, the risk of cancer, um, uh, 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 control of blood sugars all begin to point towards reduced health. So, Menopause comes with quite a lot of health warnings. And I think if for nothing else, what we've got to remember here is for most women that would come and knock on my clinic door, they come concerned about weight. And I get that. And particularly if you are feeling 10 kilos of extra weight all around your gut, you are gonna be angry about that. And that's the thing that's gonna be driving you crazy. But it would be so simple for me to throw some crazy, wacky, quick fix solution to that weight. We can't do that. I would be struck off for doing that, because what we've also got to think is how are we going to look after your bones? How are we going to look after your heart? This diet has to be nutrient rich in order to meet all of your special requirements that are happening at menopause so you know if you go for 12 hours a day three or four days a week on a fast you are never going to meet your nutritional requirements Mm. if you stop eating carbohydrates you're not going to meet your nutritional requirements and that I think again is something we have you know in all of our um roles in this menopause um landscape in you know in in what you do with your podcast and what i do we have really got to support women with that information because then it almost makes it a no-brainer that if a diet starts to sound too restrictive it is not the thing for you to be doing at menopause
0: mm. So good. And can I just say, when you said special needs, it just took me to this picture of women that yes, we have special needs at this time of our life. Like it took me to uh, my marathons when I uh, run marathons and you've got your special needs uh, nutrition there. But that is essentially, you know, when you think about what you need at that time, there are very specific special needs that women need and should be doing to support themselves and and again not just for today but for the for the future as well and so um so beautifully succinctly said in just bringing home the the importance (laughs) it's
2: just as valid as when you become pregnant or when you're trying to become pregnant or when you start puberty you know, we see your iron intakes go through the roof as you start mm-hmm. puberty. Well, that changes again at menopause. And it's all your body signaling um, what it needs at that time. And of course, you know, historically, it's only been a few hundred years that women have lived into their 80s yeah. and 90s. Your body, we're asking your body to do way more than nature ever intended it to do. Mm. And we've got to support it now.
1: Yeah, and I do, I love all of that, Nigel, and I do love that you've brought up, you know, blood sugar control and metabolic health. I don't Mm. think that, I think they're really key for women at this time of their lives and I don't think there's definitely enough education around it. And I think women are starting to see that it's important but they don't know how to approach it. And I think that's, you know, that's very much the, you know, the puzzle that needs to be sorted out a whole lot more.
2: Absolutely. And again, you know, back to this idea of of, of kind of fasting and that being, I, I think it's really interesting. We just spoke to um, a group of women in our community asking them about weight loss. And of course, about 90 odd percent of them wanted to lose weight but a good 70 percent of them also wanted to improve the quality of their diet and the beauty you know as and also increase their fitness their relationship with Mm. food and it kind of left you thinking great you know these women want weight loss but not at any cost Mm. they want it in um you know in a measured way that is going to be good for health and um that such a you know again it's just music to my ears to hear that
1: mm. and we and we're all, we always advocate too that you know when you're eating well in a measured way you're looking at the nutrients you're getting into your diet sometimes that weight loss that you're looking for just happens anyway because you're you've got a different <laughs> focus around what you're actually putting into your body and Nat knows that, you know, I'm so much about, if you're going to put food in it into your body, it's bang for your buck. So what's going to give you the healthiest body possible, even through, you know, all different phases of your life. It's so important.
2: I couldn't, yeah, we are absolutely on the same page. You know, it's kind of looking at what is on your plate and thinking, has it earned its place there? Um, yeah. And that's when, you know, yeah. Potato chips, cookies, chocolate—all of those things—they have a role. I would never advocate never eating anything, you know. Yeah. But if that's lunch every day, it's kind of really freeloading on, um, on on your health.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are there any specific challenges that you see women facing during the uh, you know menopause transition that really stand out for you? Obviously, you've you've mentioned the nutrition and the weight control. Are there any things? I suppose, beside that nutrition thing that really comes, you know, that really features with the work that you do?
2: Absolutely. The more, I mean, now we have a community of about 40,000 women here in the UK. Um, And I think you, you know, when I'm running my, uh, we run our programs, our, our lifestyle weight management programs, anxiety, sleep, whatever it is, There is always this light bulb moment. And I think for some women, the sad thing is it never happens when they stop fighting this transition and embrace it and own it. And I think, you know, there is only so much Botox and collagen implants you can have to to, to kind of pretend it's not happening. And, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm not anti you know, any of those enhancements, but I think what you've got to do, it's the women who say, right, okay, I am 47. This is happening. Instead of burying my head in the sand, I'm just gonna grab hold of menopause by the ears and take control of it. Those women thrive. And sadly, there's a group of women who never do that. They just fight it and fight it and fight it. And you'll hear them still saying they their 60s, oh, my menopause was a breeze. I went through it. No problems at all. Um, uh, almost denying it even happened. And um, I, I really feel sad because I kind of think, God, you've missed a trick. And you're still doing what you were doing when you were 30. You know, get off that horse, for goodness sake. Um, So that's the challenge. I think we live in a society where particularly women, but it's happening for men as well, but not on the same degree. Women are just not allowed to get older. And so, I mean, I see the the, the sort of polarising thing. Menopause is associated with ageing. So, of course, all the drag is going to be towards denying it's happening. But, you know, look, it is happening to you. And if you don't own it, it can be utterly wretched. But if you do, it can be blinking brilliant. You know, it can be the best time of your life. And nobody has to know. If you don't want them to, nobody has to know you're taking HRT or you're, you're, you know, you are eating carbs or you, you're allowing yourself to do a bit of meditation and self care and what have you. You can make it quite personal and discreet, but just don't deny it. That's the thing for me.
1: Gosh, I love that, and I can see Nat um, nodding your head as well. It's such a great message that you put out there, and I think. Look, you know, we, we definitely um, resonate very well with what you've said because our whole um, ethos is around painting this as a really positive part of the next part of your life and seeing it for the positivity that it is. And often I think it's around that education, isn't it? It's about being aware of it, knowing what can happen and not sailing through it, but just, um, well, you can sail through it, we love that, but but just accepting that the changes are going to occur and then you can get on with life and live it quite fulfillingly and and beautifully
2: a hundred percent you know you know your are at this at this phase of life don't you and you're not going to take it you know um stuff from other people that you don't need to take it's a beautiful place to be and mm. i I tell you what you know i'm what fifty five I love being fifty five yeah. if i'd have just known what I knew now at 30 life would have been a breeze but you know the that that comes with age doesn't it and then to be able to think god you know i've got 40 50 years maybe ahead of me that's amazing i want to make it a humdinger and the only way i'm going to do that is by being fit well and healthy you know and i guess this is also sometimes you do have to kind of lay it on the line despite the fact we're all coming out of this horrible pandemic, most of us are not going to die of infectious diseases or getting run over by a bus. We're going to die of lifestyle conditions, cancer, Mm. diabetes, heart disease. This is the moment when I think a woman can actually stop and say, when I am 85, do I want to be digging my own garden and decorating my own dining room? Or do I want to sit in the corner of a nursing home and hope someone's going to take me for a pee? because it's the choices you make now that are really going to have a big impact on that outcome. And that's yours. That's, that's not the health service. It's not your doctors. It's your choices that will determine a lot of that.
1: Mm. I love that
0: because, you know, you think about your childhood, we grow up dreaming about what life is going to look like when we grow up and it might be get you know, for girls, I think especially we dream about getting married and having children and, uh, you know, having a, having a great career and we sort of set that intention, say, for the first 30, 40 years of our life. And then it's like, great, I've done that. Now, you know, we don't really think beyond that. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's a real opportunity to flip that perspective and set that intention for what do we want life to look like in 60s, in our 70s, in our 80s, because, we, we get to choose just because we're older and perhaps we might be a little less agile and maybe possibly a bit slower. Um, it's okay. We can still set what that looks like for us. So I think, again, another very powerful message there, Nigel. Love that. We'd love to hear from you around any emerging treatments or therapies or lifestyle changes that you have found or find promising for managing menopause symptoms. Obviously, um, we've spoken a little bit about nutrition, but what other things are you coming across um, over in the UK?
2: Well we're certainly seeing here I've just come back from the British menopause society conference and I was talking, I was speaking there um and I think one of the things that were there were a couple of talks that really jumped out of me. one of the things that we're really learning so much more about is the microbiome the, the gut bacteria um we also know that women have the, um their own unique vaginal microbiome, and I think It's emerging, the science there, but the science is strong to say we need to know more about that. And I think by the time you and I are all, um, you know, uh, old and wrinkled, we are going to know a damn sight more about it than we do right now. But it's a really exciting area. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I think that's huge. I think also what I'm seeing in menopause, which again is really exciting and probably more powerful than um, in some other areas of health, is really seeing lifestyle up there alongside pharmacology. You know, it was, um, I I was quite nervous to stand up and speak at at the BMS conference, with the British Menopause Society Conference, with all these physicians around. But actually, what, you know, what I had to remember, and I kind of had to remind them as well, is, I know a damn sight more about this than you do. You get a couple of hours when you get trained uh, in this. So, you know, sit up and listen because the world is getting fat. The world doesn't eat well. The world doesn't move well. And your medicines are only really going to work if people start doing that side of things too. And guess what? I kind of know how to help them do it. So we have to work together. And that was really well-received. You know, and that, that, that's great because I think for a long time, medicine's kind of looked at lifestyle and these allied professions a, a bit like the cleaners, mm. you know, and actually, um, no, we're not.
0: Uh, so good, I love that, and I have to say, we had our own experience at the Australian Menopause Society last year, where same thing, we stood up in front of the physicians and uh, talked a little bit about um, lifestyle medicine. And and you're right, it's um, it's not about one knowing more over the other, but we've we've developed skills and we've developed knowledge. And and how grateful can we be that we can impart that knowledge? Um, and educate and bring that amalgamation of, um, you know, medical support and lifestyle support because you're so right. They're not going to work without that lifestyle um, side of things as well. So um, fabulous. And, you know, just that talk about the microbiome, um, the gut and vaginal uh, biome, um, fascinating um, information that, you know, obviously we'll be watching with uh, with bated breath around all of the uh, information that comes out of that so yeah fascinating it, it really is such a a positive uplifting time to uh be doing this work and uh and learning so much more about it that uh, you know we we can change generations that are to come i think it's really exciting we're
2: lucky yeah. aren't we? Yeah. really lucky to be involved in this space
1: yeah, I think too. Just the just that biome area. Um, it's it's totally a fascinating area for me, and I think we're at the tip of the iceberg. I think there's just so much more to come through yet, too. I just want to try... sorry. Go on, Nigel. Go on.
2: No, the only thing I was just going to add to it is I've been working in digestive health and irritable bowel syndrome for years, mm. and when I look back and think, it has totally revolutionised how we can help people in that area so we only need to look there and see well now we're realising how that's involved in menopause in the nervous system in immunity in all aspects of general health if we can do for those what we've done for digestive health the future looks really rosy
1: it does it's it's really heartening actually We're coming to the end, Nigel, but I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to throw it open to you just a little bit of a change in the questioning around, in your experience, what are you seeing with companies and government in in the UK addressing or not necessarily addressing the needs of women going through menopause in the workplace? Are there any notable changes or trends that you've observed in that space at all?
2: Yeah, very much so. I mean, we are seeing now it is, you know, it is legislated that there needs to be provision made to support women through menopause um, at work, which is is wonderful. Yeah. We've seen here also in our um, National Health Service that, you know, where women uh, would normally pay um, towards their prescriptions that instead of having to pay every month for their HRT, they pay a, um, a figure for the year. And that is saving them, you know, hundreds of pounds um, a year, which is fantastic. I suspect we are going to see a change in government at the next um election and with that i would it would be very interesting to see there's an mp here called carolyn harris i'm sure you've sort of Mm. seen some of her work but she is literally bodicea of menopause and i would be very surprised if she doesn't get quite a senior position in the new government which i think will really again raise the profile the other thing i think um Around the workplace, of course, there are companies that are just box ticking um, and putting a policy in place for menopause and a little bit of training. But we've done some amazing work with the um, with hospitals and N- the NHS trusts in terms of supporting their staff. And there are other private companies that are really going above and beyond the call of duty. It's an exciting time uh, it's such an exciting time i think for a woman to be in 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 work and for women going back to work you know i think it is now part of the interview process to actually ask your potential employer you know what is your policy around menopause um, at work and that's a very legitimate question now that wasn't the case five years ago love that so much <laughs>
0: amazing And, uh, you know, we definitely here in Australia are are very much watching um, everything that's happening in the in the UK, um, because you guys are really leading the charge in terms of that menopause support uh, in the workplace. And um, it's really setting a a great precedence for us here, which is um, which is fabulous um so our podcast is all about power and finding nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through life phases in this case perimenopause and beyond we'd love to know from your experience what is your top tip that you can share with our listeners as they come into this next phase of their life
2: without a doubt it goes back to own it You know, we are doing a huge amount. And I imagine if you guys are watching what's happening in the UK, you're maybe still in the phase in Australia of raising awareness. We've been doing that for a little while here. The time has come here in the UK now to stop talking about how dreadful it is and start talking about how fantastic it can be. Because here, the way the media works is it won't take long before they turn on it. And start talking about whinging women, Talk ha- talking about how awful menopause is. We need to change and own the narrative now and start saying, yeah, it can be Richard, but actually own it. It can be fantastic. And just give me the tools. If I'm if you're a woman, give a woman the tools and she can thrive, not just survive through
1: this. Oh, gosh, I love that. Nat, I can see you uh, nodding your head there. It's uh, thriving, and instead of surviving, is definitely the catch cry that we um, we work along. And um, I just love that that your work is also doing that as well, Nigel. Yeah.
2: It's, this is why it's been so brilliant to connect with you guys. Um, and just know, actually, you know that isn't it amazing that all around the world this is starting to happen? It's fantastic. It's powerful.
1: Yeah
0: it, yeah, it truly is, and and so much power in owning it, and and accepting it, and seeing it as part of our evolution. And I love that there's been an evolution in the UK that you've started in that awareness. And yes, we very much are here in Australia building that awareness to so then looking at that switch, and and women seeing that. Okay, yes, this is part of my story. This is part of who I am, and uh, it can be positive. And, and let's utilize that, and let's come into its strength and its power, and uh, see what we can do with it. So, um, yeah, very excited to see what's ahead. So fabulous. Um, where can our listeners connect with you, Nigel?
2: That's nice and easy. Uh, you can have a look at our community. It's called Harley Street at Home um, dot com and um if folk want to have a look at what we can what we do we've got a free 30-day sign up if you like um the if you like instagram you can have a look at menopause underscore dietitian um and um again if people are really keen also to get some some one-to-one dietetic um advice I, i support women all over the world so um i'm happy to Arrange a discovery call, and we can talk about um, what opportunities there are. But I think ultimately, you know, just uh, I think you find your tribe, um, mm. and here, if you like the sound of of how people talk, just like you guys, you know, then um, find who you like, find who you can trust, and you know, stick to to them to get your information.
1: You're Being on trust is such a big factor in this phase of life. So beautifully put.
2: Hmm. yeah
1: well thank you very much for your time Nigel it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and um, no doubt our listeners will love listening to this podcast session
2: thanks again for having me uh Lisa and Natalie it's really been a a lovely treat and um, so great to connect with you so thanks again and thanks to everyone for listening